Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet today. I'm pleased to have an off the bencher on the show with me today. Jessica Levison is here and she is running for the for the state house in Missouri in District 62. You guys, we got to get involved if we want to see change in our country. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys, so I'm glad that you're here today. We are slowly moving our way through the month of June, and uh, I am so excited to see many of you reaching out to me to kind of tell me what you're doing and and how you're getting off the bench and onto the battlefield. It's just exciting and encouraging. Today, I'm going to have a guest on the show who's doing exactly that. Jessica Levison is here. She's a mom of five, and uh, she is also a candidate for Missouri State Representative in District 62. You guys, this is a major deal. One does not simply just run for office. There's so many reasons why I think this is exciting just to have somebody here who is willing to lay it all on the line. It takes a lot of chutzpah and a lot of conviction to run for any elected office in the United States right now. But you guys have heard me say this many times and I'm going to keep doing it. This is our country. And if you don't like what's happening in the country, the only way to change it is to actually get involved. And the founding father said that it would require great sacrifice in order to do so. Your time, your treasure, and your sacred honor, you guys have heard me say this many times, find good candidates and get behind them. Get behind them with your money, get behind them with your uh, with your voice, right? Use your voice and uh, let's start to put good people in positions of leadership. So I'm very honored and excited to have Jessica Levis on the show with me today. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So, uh, you know, one does not simply just run for office. So I'd really like to know what what motivated you? Have you run for office before? So I was actually appointed to a city position. We call them aldermen. Some people call them city council in the city of Harrisonville, where I live. And that was kind of orchestrated in a really strange way. But I just happened to be at a church. I was church shopping for a little while back in 2017. And um, there was a man there that I'd kind of known for years, but he was an alderman. And he had spoken to me after we had like a church like luncheon. And he was like, he said, we were talking about the city. And I said, you know, I really, I really would like to be more involved. And he said, where is it that you live? And I, and I told him like in the town and he goes, we have an open seat. Wow. And, I, and he's like in that ward. And so he quickly picks up his phone, starts texting the mayor. And he's like, Jessica Levison wants to, to take that position, you know? And he texts the mayor texting back. And he's like, well, I already have a guy. And I like knew it. I was like, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out for that other guy. This is going to happen. And so I was making sure to go to every single uh, city council meeting. And um, I, I remember sitting next to the mayor's wife and he, at Shauna. And she's like, she's like, why hasn't Brian just appointed you? I said, you said he had a guy, you know, and I was <laughs> like, I was like, but I, I, I just don't think so. And she goes, I'm going to have a talk with him. And so sure enough, I got a call that week. And he had decided, nope, the other guy wasn't going to work out. And then um, we had, of course, he appoints me, but then they, it goes to vote. So we have eight aldermen, or there were seven at the time, you know, because I was going to be taking the seat. And basically, the majority had to okay it. And um, so anyway, went around. Everybody said yes, 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 except for the very last woman. And she said no. 
And it's so funny because afterwards, and I won't get into details about this person, but afterwards, my daughters were there um, and they were, I think like 15 or 16 at the time and like maybe 12 or, you know, and they were like, we just wanted to stand up and be like, what's your problem? (laughs) (laughs) It's a family thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And so that is the position that I was in for a period of time. And um, I did run again, um, but I had absolutely no idea what I was doing when it came to Mm -hmm. running for office at that point in time. And um, so I didn't win. I was up against someone that was a former state trooper and he had all this stuff. And, you know, and so it just it just didn't work out. But I can see now that that wasn't really the best timing anyway for me to have stayed in that position. And so when, um, you know, 2020 happened and, you know, I have a decent Facebook following, you know, although Facebook shadows me a little bit now, say that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. I had, I had a, I had a post that went like over 48,000 shares one time. And, um, and after that it was like, boom, like the, it, it, I don't even know exactly what happened, but it's now it's like 200 people see my stuff on a regular basis and that's it, you know? And I'm like, something's happening here. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a post about basically cheering on something that that Trump was doing that was good. And mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. anyway, um I I just I I didn't feel like I had a big enough platform in 2020 when I saw I mean, there was never a point in 2020 that I was like, "Oh, I'm scared." Because the thing is, I do not believe that the Bible tells us to be fearful. So I don't ever walk in that fear. And I looked around and I just knew that what was going on was evil. And this wasn't about a virus. And I didn't see enough people, enough of our representatives, enough of the senators, enough people standing up, stopping all the insanity that was going on with these businesses, these businesses being shut down and the Mm -hmm. way they were handling schools and all of those things. And, you know, it was it was easier for me because I've homeschooled before. We've done public school, Christian school, homeschool. And at the time, all my children were in school, but it was no big deal for me to switch over to homeschooling, like perfectly happy to do that. I sell real estate. That's what I've done for years. So I have the flexibility to be able to to deal with, you know, the homeschooling. And um, I've also sold homeschooling a curriculum for for quite a few years, just because more than anything, I like to help moms figure out what to do. Cause I remember being that new mom trying to right, figure out right. piece mealing together curriculum, you know? Sure. And so, yeah. um, so, so it was just really, it was really a difficult time because I didn't feel like I had enough of a platform to help people and to get out there and really do anything. So running for state rep, I really feel like it's going to give me an opportunity to, to do more for the people that I want to help. So, um, are you running, are you running, uh, uh, unopposed right now? Or do you have a, do you have a, no, I, I have two Republican opponents. The primary is everything for me here. Yes. The primary is everything here in Washington as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I will have the seat come the general, just because we are a very Republican area. We're close to 70%. So, but the, the two people that are running against me, um, they're nice people. Like they seem nice. But um, one of them is older and she is uh, a millionaire. And I have a really hard time believing that she really gets what's going on in our community. We're in Cass County and part of Bates County. 
our average household income is actually only about $38,000. And I just really questioned that. Um, this lady, she also was the vice mayor of Lakeland, Tennessee at one point where property taxes while she was in office went up 65%. I've seen all the documentation on it. I'm like, we can't bear that type of thought process because to me, the fix of what to what's going on right now is reducing those taxes for the people like Absolutely as much as humanly true. possible. That's what we have to do. We've got to put money back in their their pockets. I had Representative John Patterson text me the other day and he said, Jessica, he said inflation this year for the average just small family will probably cost them about fifty eight hundred dollars. And I'm like, we can't we can't we can't stomach that. We can't deal with that because a lot of people right, are living right. paycheck to paycheck. And so yeah. one of my main goals getting into office is really to work to try to get the tax burden down on these people through personal right. property taxes and real estate taxes and stuff like that. So how do you see, so I, I want to find out a little bit, you know, because you're obviously you're running in Missouri, but this is a nationwide show. And this show is actually heard, mm -hmm. you know, all over the country and around the world. And so a large part right. of the reason why I like to have political candidates on here, and I've had several of them now over the last uh, several years, is to sort of explain the process to people when, they, when they're yeah. looking at uh, potentially running for office. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, I'd love it if you can just talk to people who are thinking, man, I wonder what it would look like for me yeah. to run and how do you build a platform to run for office? Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are offering a buy one, get one extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. This offer is good on MyPillow bedsheets, Giza Elegance, MyPillows, the six-piece towel sets, roll and go anywhere MyPillows, and so much more. Just go to the radio listener special page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Heidi or call 1-800-447-0541. So Jessica, uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about what it takes to run for office right now. First thing mm -hmm. you got to have is a platform. So if you are interested in running for office, you kind of have to know why you want to run. Right. And what when you think about the things that concern you the most and why you would choose to put it all on the line to say, hey, I'm going to put my name out there because you put your name out there, you're going to get shot at. People are going to lie about mm -hmm. you. Republican primaries are actually really awful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a general yeah. rule. Um, yeah. What's your platform? What's concerning you the most? So I usually tell people that I have five children and I want my children to have those same freedoms that I have had, the same opportunities that I have had. And I see what's going on in our country and they are just, they've just nibbled away at our freedoms a little bit at a time. And I am not okay with that. I, I've seen the education. Is, so I'm a big pro school choice person. Like when it comes to schools, I believe that a free market would be so much better. We need to hold these schools accountable. And, you know, I, my opponents, uh, they preach about transparency in schools. And I'm like, they'll be transparent. They'll be transparent about telling you that your kids learn in CRT. They'll be transparent. Transparency is not enough. Um, school choice is really the big, the big thing for me. And 
we have a little bit of that in the Kansas City and St. Louis area. Um, they they do charter school stuff based on you know the sizes of the the communities and you know but here in the smaller areas, the more rural areas, you don't get to choose and take your money somewhere else. Education is the linchpin. I think people mm-hmm. need to understand that. You know, people want, you know, you wonder why we're struggling with socialist ideas in this country. Mm-hmm. Education. You want to know why we're all upside down and we can't say what a man is or what a woman is. Education. You want to understand right. the the push behind uh, transgenderism, education, abortion, education. It's all education. And yet our government, the state governments in particular, but also the federal government, completely complicit in this. And you're right with the school choice discussion because the schools don't speak uh, English. They speak money. And the only thing they're going to listen to is money. So if a parent realizes, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, you know, my school district is corrupt. I've got activists here, not teachers. Mm -hmm. You should be able to go to your school superintendent and say, hey, I'm withdrawing my child and the money should follow the child. Right, right. And I've noticed a lot of uh, very liberal superintendents. So we've got one here in town. They, you know, I don't know what side everybody sits on masking, you know, but for me, I I was not a masker. I didn't want my kid in a mask. So when I decided that I was going to go to let Elias go back to school, I went into the the school board meeting and I watched and I was like, okay, what are you going to do? And they said, well, we're going to give parents choice. A week in, they took away that choice. And so I started working to try to get these masks off these kids. And so our, our uh, attorney general, here in Missouri, he actually had sent a letter that said, you know, if your superintendent is ignoring the St. Charles judge ruling. So there was a there was a judge that ruled that they couldn't do this. Basically, they could not force our children to wear masks. Health departments had no authority to do that. And so after this ruling came down, I expected that our schools would pull the mask or give you the option. They did not do that. And so I took that email that the superintendent sent out, and I sent it to Eric Schmidt, our attorney general. And um, I also sent it to all the school board members that were ignoring me and the superintendent and all the principals. And I said, you know, by the end of that night, the mask were off the kids. The superintendent had a cease and desist order to the school, and they were off, and they have not been back on since then. And um, I think that that's what I would really like to do is empower more people to stand up, you know, not only run for office, because we have the same type of people in office all the time. They, they're, they're wealthy or they're career politicians. They're generational politicians. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And our, our country wasn't established to be like that. Our country was a country to be ran by the people for the people. And that's no longer happening, but people have become complacent and apathetic. You know, I was listening to um, Christian radio station the other day, and I can't remember who it was that I was saying it, but he said, you know, freedom has to be, it has to be fought for. It has to be right. protected. You right, can't right. think that, that freedom is going to protect you. You have to protect freedom. And we all need to realize that, that that is something that we constantly have to work for is to protect our freedom. Um, it's not just gonna, it's not just gonna stay out there and people have to engage. I mean, it was wonderful that we were created to be a people that, I mean, I always tell people our forefathers really did want to be under God. We didn't have a King. We weren't supposed to have a King. They knew what the Bible said at that point. They'd been translated. And so we're supposed to be a people under God. So we're supposed to be ran under God. 
And that has been forgotten because people say, oh, separation of church and state. And it's like, you know, that's just so the state can't tell you what church to go to. But it doesn't mean that we throw God out. Well, and the separation of church and state is actually a nothing. It's a nothing yeah. burger, right? It's it's a yeah. misunderstanding of a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist Church and the Atheist for America and the Freedom from Religion Foundation and all these garbage organizations have mm-hmm. uh, wrongly interpreted that and actually twisted it on purpose yeah. to say, oh, there's supposed to be the separation of church and state. But really, Thomas Jefferson was trying to say the state can never interfere in the affairs of the church. The state can never t- compel you to become part of a church. And that's how it should be. And as Christians, we're not advocating for a theocracy either. We are saying right. we at, we stand for and stand behind and promote the principles of liberty uh, and mm-hmm. the principles of freedom and individual uh, individuality, which is the opposite of socialism, that which wants us to be uh, uh, living as a collective. This is why they hate the natural gas industry. This is why they hate fossil fuels. They want mm-hmm. us dependent on foreign nations for our oil. They want us dependent on foreign nations for our basic supplies. Our food supplies mm-hmm. here are are dwindling. Our economy's in a mess. And this is right. because of bad leadership. And right. uh, we're never going to get out of this mess by continuing to elect, and I think you just pointed this out, the same types of people that got us here in the first place. I want to ask you really quickly right. about the economy, because I noticed that you put that in your notes uh, mm-hmm. as one of your talking points today. What is your position on the way that we come out of the recession that we are careening into? Right. So we need to become producers again here in America. We need to stop looking outside of our country because just think as as a human being, if all you do is consume, what do you I mean you're you're never doing anything. And that's the way I've seen our country become. We've become a country of consumers and not producers. And that's what we have to return to. We have to do we need our own oil. You know, we need to be manufacturing our own things. You know, a lot well, of we can have it. That's what's so right, aggravating. Right. It's we've got right. we've got enough underneath our feet if they would just stop with these ridiculous regulations. The and regulations. The, and, yeah. And roll back yeah. the regulations and drill, baby, drill. I mean, we there's no right. reason for us to be dependent on Venezuela for oil. Right. The regulations are hurting us so much. I mean, if we just look at that. So I don't know if a lot of people realize that, you know, we're getting all into this electric car talk because people are right. being, yeah, where does the oh, electricity oh, no, come from? Right. Exactly. Right, right. I know here, yeah. here in Harrisonville, just during the winter or during the summer, when it gets real hot, power will shut down. We're not even a great big area, but the thing is we could not handle the, the, the electric that would be needed for these cars, but let's go further because our EPA doesn't allow us to even mine what's needed to create these these electric cars. And so we're going to then be dependent on buying our our batteries from China. Right. And 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 that's right. that's so absurd. So I mean we just we just need to think about these things. It's so absurd. Well, the whole thing's absurd. I'm going to tell people and I think you should you could make this one of your slogans for running for office. The same people that are telling us that we need electric cars are the people that are telling us they don't know what a woman is. They're the right. same people. It's right. the same right. people. They care more about pigeons than they do about people. And uh, I've right. got one more question for you. We got about a yeah. minute and a half left. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you are running as a as a woman of faith, and yeah. as someone who has been very outspoken about yeah. what you believe. Uh, yeah. What do you What do you say is the role of Christians right now, particularly as it relates to politics? 
So we need to know that our God is a God of absolute and truth. And God spent a lot of time the last year and a half, he would speak, I would pray, and he would say truth, truth, truth over and over to me. So as Christians, we should be seeking the truth and we should be telling the truth. We cannot be afraid. We don't have to worry about being nice. We weren't called to be nice. We were called to be holy and righteous. And so we have to remember that. I think too many Christians are sitting back trying to be nice and we need to speak the truth. Yeah, or sacrificing truth on a misguided mercy. Exactly, exactly. And so that truth should then lead to the building of the kingdom because in September, God just started putting that on my on my heart. Seek the kingdom yeah. first. Yeah. And so he, when I'm speaking politically, I am always telling people the gospel. I love that. It's so important. I love uh, St. Francis of Assisi said, uh, preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. And uh, I mm-hmm. love that. Our lives should be uh, devoted to the service of other people and to making sure that freedom is passed down from one generation to the next. And it's so important. And I'm really glad to see you getting off the bench and onto the battlefield for the area that you love and call home. Where can people find you online? So real simple, JessicaForMissouri.com. And if you go there, then you can find my Facebook page and everything else. All right, JessicaForMissouri.com. You know, I have a soft spot in my heart for Missouri. Some of my favorite people in the whole world hail from Lee's Summit. And yes, I I saw you at church one day at Abundant Life. Oh, I, you know, I love me some abundant life and some Mm -hmm. Phil and Krista Hopper. You guys got some wonderful people out there. I'm glad to see you running to represent them. Thank you for coming on the show. It's just been a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Thank you, Heidi. For more information on Jessica and her run for the state house, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast, scroll down to the show notes, and I will link back to it in the show notes today. You guys, as I've been telling you for a long time, get off the bench, get onto the battlefield, put your money where your mouth is. If we want to see change happen in this country, we need to take these requests before the Lord and ask him for directions. We don't pray just to say thank you to the Lord. We ask him for direction. Father, what do you want me to do? Show me what I can do and help me obey. That really is the cry for this generation of believers. I hope you guys have been encouraged today and I have appreciated you guys listening. You can find out more about me at uh, HeidiStJohn.com. Also, don't forget for the study right now, we're doing on discernment at MomStrongInternational.com. The Bible says we are to test all things. And we do that through understanding and knowing the word of God. Thanks for listening today, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.